if we're familiar with the uh, book of Job, um, we often think of the trials and the, the difficulties that Job goes through, you know. Um, the, the trials of Job, some have likened it to maybe it was a six-month, nine-month period. I'm not quite sure. It wasn't like 15 or 20 years, but it might have been uh, a nine-month or a year. Two, I'm not sure. No one really specifically that I've read is able to pinpoint it and say Job's trials lasted this long. But we do know that the trials that Job encountered were ones that just instantaneously just kept coming, and we, we run over those uh, last week. But the message today, as I look at or try to finish up a little bit of our um, discussion last week about Job, and the sermon today is titled is God Calls Job My Friend. So God is, when he speaks of Job, he's calling him my friend. Have you noticed my friend Job? Well, some of us, if we were reading that, we would say, God, don't call me friend. <laughs> I don't want those trials. You know, I don't want the, you know, my friend Job. Have you noticed? Well, um, so the idea is God is looking at Job and he is calling him his friend. Now, Jesus is a friend of sinners. <laughs> Jesus is our elder brother. These are the scriptures, the scripture references. That he is, he is one with us, we are one with him. As Jesus is one with the Father, so is he one with us, or we are one with him. So just as much as Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him, so is Christ in us, and that we are in him. So we have a very special place um, in Christ in our life. And we spoke about that in Sunday school and, and, and about the, the hedge that uh, Satan refers to that he can't penetrate. And uh, I thought I would start by reading uh, Job 1, verse 1. Job was a man who lived in us. He was an honest inside and out, a man of his word, who was totally devoted to God hated evil with a passion. He had seven sons and three daughters. He was also very wealthy, 7,000 head of sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 team of oxen, teams, oh, he's got two or four teams, two, three, four teams, 500 donkeys and a huge staff of servant and the most influential man in all the East. So Job is a very unique individual of his time. Uh, he is the most wealthy. And you know, when people are in a position of honor, <laughs> uh, I, I think that, and we see that, just like in our day, when somebody's out in front, everybody behind makes pot shots at them. <laughs> everybody is trying to tear them down. Everybody's, not everybody, but there's a lot of bad press <laughs> uh, about them doesn't matter what side of the political arena people are on. If they are out in front, they're going to have garbage. All you got to do is go through the line at the grocery store and you can see <laughs> so-and-so this and aliens are attacking. You know, anything you want, it's right there before you exit the line at the grocery store. But Job was not um, exempt from this. That he was a man of extreme wealth, he was a man of, a, of extreme importance, and um, people were apt to take pot shots at him. Well, 
one of the things in verse 7, God, uh, God to Satan says, what have you been doing? And I, and I wanted to put that, point that out again in verse 7. God says to Satan, what have you been up to? And Satan says, ah, nothing. Just going here and there about the earth. Well, God said to Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? So this is last week's message. Have you noticed my servant Job? There's no one quite like him, honest and true to his word, totally devoted to God and hating evil. Now, we see this, and, and, and this is where we come up with the idea that whenever we think of uh, Job and we think of problems, sometimes we forget to look that Satan here um, tells God, I would, I would have been down, I was down there trying to, you know, get at Job and make him, make him lose, uh, make him fail. Now, one of the things, um, Rhonda mentioned there was a, comp- you know, there, the, one of the girls had been at a competition, and the, um, the, uh, the people who got first place were very arrogant and condescending to, what's that? They were mean-spirited. Now, the girls that are the ones who are from Winber, but <laughs> those who are part of the part of the church and part of whatever, um, they you know they were hurt by this. Now, the challenge is this: whenever we see that there is this God, there is this hedge, as it were, around a hedge is kind of like a circle around the person that that Satan says, "You put a hedge around Job and." I can't get in at him. Now, what happens is Satan can't get in at us, so what does he do outside of the hedge? Okay, there's the temptation. There are people outside of the hedge that are mean-spirited, and they won. The allurement for the people inside the hedge, us, is that if I'm mean-spirited like them, I might win. If I cheat like they do, maybe I can be first. If I tramp on everybody and tear everybody apart like them, I can be first. See, the devil can't get in, but he wants us to walk out. (laughs) You see, the challenge is for us to live a godly life and not see that we are inferior. (laughs) Not see that we are Okay, we're, we're humble. <laughs> you know, we want to have meekness. We want the, the, the Spirit of God. Now, see, this is the thing that's so important, that Jesus did not think it robbery to be equal with God. Okay? But he was humble of spirit and meek in his life. Now, we think of, and I, I looked up some of the definitions just basic definitions. Humility, in, in the biblical sense, humility is uh, strength under control like a wild stallion that's running wild, and they, learn, they break it to the bridle. The bridle they're able to, a person's able to sit on it and use a bridle to, to steer and guide and take it where it needs to be. So that's the, the, the stallion hasn't lost any strength. Its strength now is able to be guided. All right? Well, Uh, humility in the dictionary, um, what is it? I can't even see. I don't know. Lowest, 
I can't read and read my, uh, of importance. Feeling, humility is lower in importance and uh, you, you know, humility is considered in a, diction, in a dictionary, I can't read what I wrote, but it's being low of importance, that you have no, it's saying you have no value. But humility in the scripture doesn't say we have no value if God considers us so valuable that he would die for us. God saw us as so valuable, he would impart his spirit into our life to help us deal with the things of life and to deal with the critics, and to deal with the, the people that are seemingly outside of the circle and trying to get us to go out there and play life the way they play life. Well, we're going to live life according to the author of life, not to those who are destructive in life. The wicked are here and they're gone, and what they have is gone, and, you know, it's going to be over. Their life is over and it'll be on to somebody else. In Christ, whatever we do for Christ, will have an eternal reward. So your, your act of kindness and goodness and forgiveness and restoration has, has an eternal benefit. Um, I, I, I was explaining this somewhere with someone this week, and I said, you know, once I, I, well, I flew to, uh, from New, New, York's, New York City to um, South Johannesburg, South Africa, and, you know, it was like 16, 18 hours in the plane, four or five movies, <laughs> you know, a couple of meals, and squished between three men. You know, I felt like a sardine, and I couldn't, I would, the, the front seat, the seat in front of me was so close, I couldn't even bring up my um, book that I had inside of the suitcase. I was that close to the seat in front of me. You know, so we were, we were packed in there. All right. Now, the illustration is, if the plane had been off course by a half of degree, just a half, by the time it got to South Africa, <laughs> we could have missed the continent. If you change one aspect of your life, just one little thing, like forgive, overlook, believe that God has a plan even when we don't see a plan, that little change can take us to a whole new destiny five years from now, 20 years from now. You see, what God is doing in us, what, what we see in Job is that he was a man of integrity, he was a man after God's own heart, as it were. It doesn't say that, but in, in certain terms. It says that he, he, he followed God, he hated evil. All right, so... In the hating of evil, it meant that he would not do that which was evil in the sight of God, and he didn't have any written word. He had only his spirit inside of him that he was in tune with God with. So he saw all the people outside the circle, and he saw their evil and all the things they did, and he would have no parts of it. And his kingdom and the things that he had were blessed, you know, the wealthiest man of his time. Now, so Satan says, you know, the only reason to God, he says, go on, you 